0: Welcome to this teaching, today I'm going to continue talking about the gospel. And I'm going to talk about repentance, baptism in water and the Holy Spirit. And then I'm going to show you how I share the gospel by sitting with this table. And I'm going to illustrate that a Christian is somebody who repents, somebody who gets baptized through Jesus Christ, and somebody who gets baptized with the Holy Spirit and live here on earth the same way as Jesus, going around with the same Holy Spirit, healing the sick, casting out demons. And I think that this teaching is going to be a blessing to you, and I'm also going to answer some of the questions you have given me out of the last teaching last week. So God bless you. Welcome to the Pioneer School, I look forward to sharing this word for you today. Today I'm going to continue where I started last time with looking at uh, repentance, baptism in water and the Holy Spirit. And the way I'm going to do it today is by answering some of the letters I have got out of the teaching last week, because I have got a lot of response out of the teaching. Also some questions, and I'm going to... Take a good time looking through the question. I'm going to go through the teaching last week and going to give you more details about this. And then I'm going to practically show you how I share the gospel. And I'm going to do that like over a coffee table. So the first half of this teaching is going to be from here where I'm going to teach and share the word about what I talked about last time, and the next half is going to be where I'm going to sit down with with this table, practically show you how I share the gospel, and this is going to be like a tool you can use to share the gospel to other people, so we can see people get saved. Like two times ago, I talked about uh, healing and talked about kickstarting, and this is so important, and this is growing all over the world. But we know that people only get saved if they, they hear the word of God. But miracles is a part of it. If you look at the revival that have been in China, they say about almost 80% of all the people who come to faith, it's like 78 or something, percent of all the people who come to faith came to faith because of a miracle in their life or people around them. So, Healing the sick is part of this. We need to obey Jesus' word, do miracles, heal the sick. But we also need to preach the clear gospel as we read in the book of Acts and as the first disciple did. So I'm going to take some time, look through this and, and show you how I do it because I want you to get some tools you can use so we can not only see people healed but we can see people saved and we can see the church is growing. But before I'm going to start, I want to pray. God, I thank you for everything you're doing. God, I thank you for all the testimonies we are hearing that are coming in from all over the world about this teaching. God, thank you because you are using this and you want to use it today also, God. God, I pray that you help me by your Holy Spirit to share this word today. And I pray for everybody who's seen this video, that you're going to open their eyes, God, so they can see what your word is saying. You're going to open their he- ears, so they can hear what you are saying today through this teaching, and open their heart so they can receive everything you want to give to them, God. God, I pray for this teaching, that you bless it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Um, I promised last time to give you some testimony about uh, kickstarting, how this is going. And this is going really amazing. Many many people, I can say from Denmark and all over the world is getting kickstarted. It's starting to heal the sick. And I love the testimonies that's coming in and I just want to encourage you to go out and do it. There are also some people who have wrote to me that, that they don't have what it takes to do it alone and then it's okay. but don't stop there. Then find somebody you can go with. And I think it's so important that you get kickstarting now. Don't wait two weeks. Don't wait one month. Do it now when God is working. And I love all the testimonies that's coming in. But uh, there is somebody who's not only writing what they experienced. There is also somebody who's sending me videos and somebody who's sending pictures to me. And I like that. And there is a guy in Holland who got kickstarted a short time ago and he started to heal the sick and he's seen amazing things and I want to share this testimony because he's sending me pictures of some of the people he's seen getting healed and I, I think he started with this picture, he sent this picture to me. A man, he prayed for in the station, I think it was, who got healed with crosses. And when he sent this picture, I wrote to him, amazing, just continue. And he had done that, because some days later, he sent me this picture. A woman with two crosses, who got healed. Some days later, he sent me this picture. You see another woman, who's holding the two crosses in the air, who got healed. Then he sent this picture. And a few days ago he sent this picture. So here we have a person who have got kickstarted, and here we have five pictures of people in the last days who have got healed with crotches. This is what God is doing. And it's not only crotches, He's praying for a lot of people, and He's kickstarting other people now. And one of the other pictures he sent to me was this. A woman who got out of a wheelchair in the city, and with her, she had was not able to walk. I don't know exactly what was wrong with her, but two years, she had been sitting in that wheelchair and God just healed her. She walked up and she went home without, uh, with the wheelchair in front of her. This is what God is doing. This is what's happening right now all over the world, and you can be part of it. Because the only difference between this man, this guy, and you, and me, and other people is that he act on what he has received. He just do it. If you just do it and train your faith muscle, you will see the same thing he's seen. The only difference is that he's doing it. So everybody can do that. But there is some people who just take the word, go out, act on it. And there is other people who because of fear start to, maybe I'm not ready and maybe because of that. But But you have to take the step over that fear and start to work and obey the word of God. And maybe you don't do it on the street like he's doing. Maybe you do it on, on, on a school, on your work or, or in the neighborhood where you live in, just Go out, lay the hands on people, and see that the word is true. So, I love the testimony and um, continue. Go out, get kick-starting, take people with you, and um, share some testimonies with other people and encourage other people to do it. Do the same. Okay, about this teaching, last time I spoke about Peter, how he started preaching, repent ease of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. So Peter was preaching, repent and get baptized for the forgiveness of your sin, and then you are going to receive the Holy Spirit. This is what Peter was preaching, this is what we saw in the book of Acts. Why was he preaching that? Because it was what Jesus preached. He was preaching repentance. He was talking about baptism in water. He was talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit. And to believe in Jesus is to obey Jesus. And we need all things because we see the whole Godhead here. repentance toward God, baptism to Jesus Christ and baptism with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.14 is talking about that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of the promise that one day we are going to stand in front of God. So this is so important that we get the whole thing. And I've got a lot of uh, response out of this teaching. Somebody is writing powerful teaching, love it. Another guy is writing, Torben, I thank you for this lesson and clearing up a lot of scriptures on salvation. You have opened up the word of God. In such a way that it has come alive in my heart. I love that. It makes me want to examine my heart and make sure that I have holiness within me and I truly know God. Lena's song is also so anointed and a such a blessing to me. I hope she will continue writing songs and sing worship songs like the Lord to the Lord, like David did. And what he's saying here is, it make me examine my life and make sure I have holiness within me and truly know God. This is what this teaching should do. It should examine our life to make sure that we have what it takes and that we really know God. And if you look in revival history, there was always an examine of the Christians. When God moved with the Holy Spirit, people start to stop up and examine them, themselves. Do I truly, do I really know God? And that was how revival started in the hearts of the Christians. But now we are living in a time where we are not allowed to talk about that. We are not allowed to us Christians about salvation. No, no, no. Just believe everything's okay. And this is the devil. And, and because there is a lot of fear in many Christians, are, am I truly saved? And those Christians who have a lot of fear, then the church often do the mistake and say, oh, of course you are, fa- you are safe. And you believe in Jesus? Yes, you do. Okay, everything is okay. But we should not do like that. We should examine ourselves and seek God and continue on until we receive the Holy Spirit as the guarantee of our salvation. Until we are sure that we are sure that we are sure that we are saved. And this, what he's writing here, is what the teaching should do. It also do the same with me when I read the Word of God. Always examine myself. uh, Am I in Christ? If not, I'm not going to stand one day and everything is going to be good. So I have to examine myself, if I'm truly in Christ. So thank you for this, what you wrote here. Another guy is writing, he taught them good lesson, repentance and baptism and Holy Spirit then cleansing your life. I agree, I see it in my life, because God is cleansing my life from sin. Faith and repentance is the start, and the finish come through the Spirit. But one thing I don't see in my life. You say there is always a sign after people receive the Holy Spirit. And then he asks, you said that there is always speaking in tongues, are you 100% sure of that? Is that what you experience each and every of those people who are baptized? Could it be different, that God gave it to who he wants to give it. And he asked me that, okay, I want to say, he asked me, is that my experience, that each and everyone who are baptized with the Holy Spirit start to speak in tongues? I want to say first that it don't matter what my experience is. What matters is what the word is saying, and this is often our problem, that we, build theology out of our experience, instead of letting our experience get changed, so it's going to line up with the Word of God. The Word of God is the truth, our experience is not, not. And this is what you saw when it came to healing. Because most of the teaching we have in the church today, when it comes to healing, Is built on our failures, it's built on our experience. When we don't see people get healed, we build up theology because we want to explain why it do not happen. The same is it with baptism with the Holy Spirit. There is some churches who teach that this is for everybody. There is some churches who teach that it's only for a few, it's a gift for a few select. And there is some some churches who teach that is gone. You don't do that today. And this is so different. So if you ask those churches, their experiences are different from church to church, from fellowship to fellowship. So if we should build our theology out of the experience, everything becomes so crazy. Because everything cannot be true. If they speak in the church where they don't speak in tongues, if this is what the word is saying, what about the people where some speaking tongues? Do they don't speak in tongues or what are they then doing? Or what about the church where everybody is speaking in tongues? What is then the problem? Can you see it? I'm going to share my experience, but I want do something first. I want to say, what do the words say? Because it's always there we need to start. We don't start with our experience, we start with the Word of God. And if you look at the Word of God, if you go here, Peter, he said, repent, ease of you, and be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. And everybody who responded to that, you read, get baptized in water, it was about 3,000. You don't read that they started to speak in tongues, but they responded to what he was saying. And I believe, of course, they started to speak in tongues. But you don't read that, because this is not what the Word was saying. But there's other places where you read how the Holy Spirit came. The first place you read about it is in chapter 8 with Philip in Samaria. What do you read there? You read that those people have repented, they have been baptized in water, but they have not yet been baptized with the Holy Spirit. My question is, how do they know that they have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit? The apostles knew that, and when they got to understand that they have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, they came and they laid their hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. How do the apostles know that they haven't received it? And how do they know that now they have received the Holy Spirit? How? And Philip, and there was a guy called Simon who was there. And Simon saw that the Holy Spirit was given by the hands of the apostle. How do Simon know that? We don't read that they spoke in tongues, we don't read what they did. But we read that there was a sign because they knew that they have not received it, they know that they have now received it, and Simon saw that they have received it. In many places, they would then say, also maybe the guy who wrote to me, yeah, but the sign is that the Holy Spirit is cleansing our life. But this is not the sign because you can also experience that there. And if the sign was, the Holy Spirit is working in one and cleansing your life. <laughs> Simon could not see that in that moment, they have received the Holy Spirit. So can you see it? Simon saw a sign in their life. And that sign was here and now. It was not a sign where they prayed for them. And half a year later, something had changed in their life. No, there was a physical is sign that happened, so the people who prayed, saw it, the people who received it, know that they have received it, and the people around them also understood that now they have received the Holy Spirit. So there is always a sign, if you read there. If you go to chapter 10, Peter and Cornelius, Peter, he didn't think at that time that the heathen, the non-Jews could receive the salvation. But he saw that they had received it, they saw, he saw that they had received the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you read, suddenly they start to speak in tongues and worship God. And because they spoke in tongues, Simon, or Peter, knew that they had received the Holy Spirit. And how many spoke in tongues? Everybody there spoke in tongues. And you can go to chapter 19, where uh, Paul came to Ephesus, he meet, met somebody and he asked him, have you received the Holy Spirit? Their answer was no, they have not heard of the Holy Spirit. But again, if you ask somebody, have you received the Holy Spirit? If there is not a sign, how can you know that you have received it? And there Paul laid a hands on them and they all start to speak in tongues and prophesy. So here we see there is a sign, here we see the spoken tongues and prophesied, here we saw you know, worship God, and the other place the spoken tongues and prophesied. So some place spoken tongues worship God, other place, spoken tongues and prophesied. The only things that's the same every place is that they spoke in tongues. And I believe when I see the scripture that this is the sign. And it's like a baby in the natural. When a baby is born, it gets a language. La 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 ba ba ba. It can speak. A baby can speak. There is a deaf person, but the normally, normal thing is that babies get a language and we can speak. The normal thing when you get born by the Spirit is that you get a language so you can speak. So this is what I read in the word of God. What about my experience? My experience is the same like with healing. In the beginning, I didn't see anything happen. But it didn't didn't change what the word was saying, just because I didn't see it happen. Later I started to see a little happen there and a little happen there. And later I started to see again what the word was saying and I started to see more and more and more. The same way is my experience with the Holy Spirit. The first many years I was Christian, I didn't see anybody get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then I started to see a few people and it was like more more up to God if it was happening. Whoa, it happened. If it did not happen, okay, go home and wait and let's see what happened. And I saw a few here and a few there. But while I got changed by the Word of God and saw that this is the will of God, If you know it's the will of God, you can pray according to the will of God and you know that you have received what you have prayed for. I start to see more and more and more and more get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it's almost like I can say that the last year I have not seen anybody who have not got baptized with the Holy Spirit I have prayed for. Not where I had time with them, maybe in a meeting where I just pray for a lot of people, but if I have time with them, talk with them, take them to a room to pray for them, people get baptized with the Holy Spirit and start to speak in tongues. I have some few kids where I was not quite sure if they understand the, the gospel of Jesus and, the, and, and, yeah, and repent and baptize in water. So they have not done it right there. So I asked the parents, sit down with them, go to the word of God and then pray for them afterwards. But I can say that I have seen so many people and now it's natural and it happens every time. And it's like the last year, because I know this is the will of God. And I see a lot of people get baptized with the Holy Spirit. I don't say that to like, be proud, but it should be natural for us. In the trip in Canada last week, I think maybe 20, over 20 people got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, and one of them, I want to say, one of them was a lady who came to me. And she was sure that she was baptized with the Holy Spirit, but she didn't speak in tongues. But she had experienced God have filled her up, and the Holy Spirit had filled her up. So I took her to another room, and her husband was there, or came la- there later also. And we talked a little, and then I prayed for her, and I experienced the Holy Spirit really was in her. The Holy Spirit filled her up, but she didn't speak in tongues. And I knew, because of my what the Word is saying and what I've experienced the last month, the last year, I know that she have it inside of her this woman, she just needs to break out of her tradition and let the word come out. So I said to her, now I, come, now I want you to shout in tongues, also if you're, it's just you who do it, because you need to break out of the religious glasses you have, because she has so much tradition and fear in her life because of the church tradition. And I want her to break out of this so the Holy Spirit can flow through her and this is often what I see, and I, I talk with her and she shouted, ah! and Jesus, and, and just shouting in tongues, and when you saw that, it was so clear to see, it was not just her who was speaking, she was not speaking in tongues by the Holy Spirit, you could see that very clear, but what happened then, what happened was that, Suddenly, it break, the traditions was breaking out. The Holy Spirit became so strong in her, that it broke down the tradition. She fell down, she was set free from something, and there she started to speak in tongues. And the day after, she, we, we baptized 8 people, he, she was standing in the water and said, I want to get baptized today. Because yesterday, me and my husband, in this room, it was a library at the school, we prayed for them. There we met God, the Holy Spirit come and met us, and now I want to get baptized. And on her own faith, she got baptized in water. So for her, she had not experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit like speaking in tongues. And there we could stop and build a theology out of it, why it had not happened. Like we read in Matthew 17, where Jesus' disciples was not able to cast out a demon. And But Jesus came and just set the boy free from the demon. And today we build a lot of theology out of why it do not happen and we think that it only happen a few places, but it's because of our religious classes. If we go to the word of God, we can see the same. And I think we need to Get this back to the church, I know we need to get it back to the church. So everybody who get baptized with the Holy Spirit experience the speaking in tongues. So what is my experience? My experience looks more and more like the Word of God. So to answer that question, is there always a sign? Yes. Is the sign always speaking in tongues? Yes. Are you sure of that? Yes. Do you experience that each and every time? Almost yes, now I do. And if I experience, is that sometimes I don't experience, it's not, it's not because God don't want it, it's because we have not break through in that area yet. And I believe if you don't have it, don't be afraid at all, sit down, go to the word of God and pray, and maybe do like this woman, break out of your traditions, continue on to, until you have it. Yes, so this is some of the questions, and I want to say that, that we should be much better as a church to get people true, true to God, and I want to say an example, when I travel in the world today, I meet many people, in churches who love God, who want God, but it's like nobody discipled them, nobody take them by the hands, take them in, show them how to come true when we talk about salvation. And it's like the churches are waiting for God to come and do it, but God has commanded us to do it, to go out, share the word of God, so people can repent. He has commanded us to baptize people in water, and he has also commanded us to baptize people with the Holy Spirit. And also in Canada, at the same place with this woman, there was a young guy who had come in church a few months. And I asked him, hey, you are new in the faith? And he said, yes. I said, okay. And the first I asked people is like Book of Acts chapter 19. So I asked him, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you come to faith? Did you get baptized? I asked him with the Holy Spirit. And he said, no. Do you speak in tongues? No. I baptized in water? No. And I was like, oh, we need to be better to take people through, because he wanted, he really wanted, but there was nobody to, who could have taken him and shown him how to do it. So I took him as an example for discipleship to show it, took him to a room, prayed for him, he got baptized with the Holy Spirit, he met God like he had never experienced before, every doubt was totally out of his life. He was speaking in tongues, and he said like, Oh, it's just coming. I, I, I don't know where it's coming from. And he got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he went around and just praying in tongues, and he was completely new. And later, the same day, we went out, find some water, and he got baptized in water. And the one who baptized him was one who had never done it before, but this is discipleship. And I talked with some people there, and one of the people who have led him to church, the, the one who baptized, said that it had really opened her eyes, that God had commanded us to do it. But very often we wait for God. And many people in church invite pe- non-christians to church, they come to church, they start to believe in Jesus somehow. But baptism, water and Holy Spirit is just something that happens once they are out in the future, if it happened. But it should not be like that. Jesus has commanded us to make disciples, and uh, this is what I do often when I'm out. I just take people through the word of God, like I do now, like I'm going to do later, and then we pray and people get baptized with the Holy Spirit and people get baptized in the water. There was another person who wrote to me, it was interesting teaching, still I hope you didn't mean that people from Lutheran and Catholic background are not saved. There are so many Jesus disciples from those churches also, even if they think different about baptism than you. Our Father is good. He loves us so much. He sent his son for us and everyone who accepts Jesus as his Lord shall be saved. Salvation is more about what God do than what we do. This is a gift we receive by faith. I want to say, Amen. This is a gift we received, receive by faith in Jesus Christ. But again, to obey to believe in Jesus is to obey Jesus. And um, but when I talk about this, she asked that if there is many Jesus disciples, also if they think different about baptism than me. I want to say it's not what I think. It don't matter what I think. To be honest, it don't matter because you are not one day, they are not one day going to stand in front of me. They're not going to stand in front of the Pope. They're not going to stand in front of Luther either. They are going to stand in front of Jesus Christ. And what matter is what He says. It's only what He says that matter, not what we think, not what we says. And it's right what He's saying that he sent his son, that everybody who accepts Jesus as Lord shall be saved. And this is what we read in Romans 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And this is what the word is saying, so this is completely true what he is saying. But Jesus is also saying other things. He's saying things as this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord and do not do what I say? And I think when we talk about salvation, it's all about Jesus. It's all about believing in him, accepting him as Lord. But to accept him as Lord is to obey him. You cannot say he's Lord if you don't do what he says. And many one day you read we took last time in Matthew 6, it's going to say, Lord, Lord, have we not done those things? So many one day is calling him Lord, but he will stay, stay still say, Apart from me, I never knew you who you who do sin. So you don't get saved by just your confession. You need to have a life that is the same as your confession. You need to show by your life that He is your Lord. It's not just by confessing you get saved. But when we talk about what he's asking, I hope you don't say that people from Lutheran Church and Catholic Church are not saved. I didn't say that they are not saved, because I don't know, (laughs) and I want to ask you or her do you know? How can you be 100% sure that those people are saved? Can you know it for sure that they are saved? Do you know what there is in their heart? Do you know that maybe those people you are thinking of have received their repentance and faith in God, and then the Holy Spirit start to work in them? that you need to get baptized in water. You need to come out of this system, tradition, and build on the word of God. You need to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is working and working and working and working in them. But those people know, I listen to my tradition more than what I feel in my spirit, the word is Holy Spirit is saying. You don't know what is inside of them. (laughs) And we are so fast to be deceived. Jesus had 12 disciples, one of them was Judas. Judas was a liar, he was stealing, he was a thief, stealing money. And Jesus knew that, but none of the 11 others knew it. They saw Judas as a believer like them, but something else was the truth. I don't say that people are not saved. And I don't know what is happening in their life, and I like her know many people from Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Lutheran, Catholic background, who love Jesus. I have met them, I travel in the whole world. But I will not judge, and you should not judge either. And when I talk about judging, judging is not only you go to hell, no. Judging is you go to heaven. How do you know? How do you know for sure that he is going to heaven? But each time we're talking about Judging, it's always, hey, you are are not allowed to say he go to heaven and go to hell. One thing we know is what Jesus is saying. And yes, maybe God has not revealed it to those people. And because God has not revealed it yet, and if they're going to die, everything is going to be good. But I don't know what God is revealing in their heart and how the Holy Spirit is calling them. Maybe this teaching I gave is coming from God to you who wrote this, because you want, he wants you to give this teaching to those people, because this is the way God wants to touch their heart. To be honest, we don't know exactly what is happening, we just know what the word is saying. I want to say, the problem today is our glasses, our traditions. And now I have a new glasses, I was in Canada, somebody bought those glasses to me because I didn't have any glasses in Canada and there were some people who was at the Bible school and said, where are your glasses? And I said, I don't have any glasses and they came with these glasses, but if I am in a Background, Catholic background. I will really have problem with the Holy Spirit but speaking tongues as like this is what it's all about. We need to come to that place we receive the Holy Spirit speaking tongues. I would have really problem with that. Oh if I'm in a Pentecost background, oh 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 I will also have problem with speaking tongues. If you are in a Pentecostal background, oh speaking tongues, no no no, it's natural. But if I then say that baptism in water is necessary for salvation, no, no, baptism in water is just a sign, it's not not necessary. But if you talk with our Baptist people, yes, baptism in water is necessary and a Lutheran people of course is necessary. And this is what is happening today. There is so many different boxes. So if me as a Pentecostal man baptized with the Holy Spirit say that baptism in water is necessary for salvation and there is salvation in baptism, many people, almost everybody from my background, the charismatic Pentecostal background, will look at me and like, "What are you saying?" But if you go to a Lutheran church in Denmark and and go to their website and ask questions about baptism, everybody will say, yes, this is necessary. Baptism and faith together save people. Can you see it? So our problem today is that there is some people in this box who have problem with this. Somebody in this problem. A box who have problem with this but those two look very different on this there is some people here who don't have problem with this but they have problem with this but if I go back to the book of acts before everything got changed to the Catholic church where everybody everything got changed about this and a lot of other things you have seen during the last teaching on this Bible school If I go to the book of Acts and say what I'm saying, what Peter is saying, that to get saved, and you know, you start getting saved by repentance, but you have to continue in, and the one who hold on to the end is going to get saved. So to continue in Christ and holding on up to the end, you need not only to repent, you need to get baptized in water, and you need the Holy Spirit. If I have said that in the book of Acts, Nobody would have a problem with it. Everybody would have like, yes, this is what the word is saying. But if I, in the book of Acts, have said that, no, you don't need to get baptized in water, they will look at me like, who are you? What are you talking about? Because it would seem so crazy because it was not what Jesus came with. Or if I, in the book of Acts, said that baptism, Holy Spirit speaking tongues is only for a few people, they will also shake their head and say, what are you saying? Because they didn't see that. What I'm teaching here was normal in the book of Acts and it's going to be normal in the last church. But what happened? The book of Acts, those three things disappeared. We got the Catholic Church where everything was different. Then we got the Reformation with Luther where it came to, okay, it's about Jesus and faith in Jesus, not the things to say in the Catholic Church. But he didn't understand what faith was and the whole thing. So God sent the baptism revival. We got the repentance and then we got the Holy Spirit. But the problem today is that people are sitting in their boxes with their glasses. And because of that, almost everybody, or many today, have problem with teaching like Jesus gave. And like Peter gave on Pentecost. But we have to ask ourselves. Do we want to build on the Word of God, or do we want to build on our tradition? And to answer this question, I don't say that those people are not saved, But you can either not say that they are, because we don't know what God is dealing in their heart. I just know that God has revealed this teaching to you. seen this video and God wants this to come out to the whole world because he's calling his people. And many in the end time is getting deceived. But we think often that getting deceived is something happened there. Because in our small box everybody around us thinks the same. But if you are in that box and look at those people, you will see that everybody have not understanding. Everybody in that area are deceived. If you are there, you will see in this box that everybody in that that area are deceived. But when you are grown up in a tradition, you think that this is the only thing that's the truth. And like her, I also have problem with that. To be honest, it's still working me because I know many people and I know my tradition background. I just repentant there, and later I got baptized, and later, and I didn't receive it personally the way I read it here, so I also have something I'm fighting with, not because I don't see it in the Word, but because what I see around me, but I have to deal with myself, and you have to deal with you, what do we want to, do we want to build our theology of what we see around us, on our experience, or do we want to on the Word of God. So my problem is like her. I know many, many good people. I love them. And I know they love Jesus. But they have not re- this have maybe not been revealed, or maybe is their tradition stronger than the love for Jesus. I don't know. I just know that we have a command to preach the truth, the Word, and this is what I'm saying. And some people wrote to me that they have really God have opened their eyes in new ways, and, and what God have revealed for them is like, whoa for me also, one guy wrote, Torben, you unpack this message without fully explaining it. And then he talked about Matthew 28, where Jesus have commanded us to go out and baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he wrote that this is what happened. Go out, baptize people. But if you see like repentance is to the Father. Baptism water to the Son. Baptism with the Holy Spirit is to the Holy Spirit. So this is somehow what Jesus has commanded us to. He used the word baptism there. But if you see, Jesus has commanded us to go make disciples and get people into the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Nothing is greater than the truth. Thank you for this lesson set me free from tradition and churches and the stuff somebody have told me before. I look forward to next message. Some other wrote to me, bless you Torben, this was a f- powerful explanation. I will find somebody to baptize me. Do it matter who baptized me? And I said, no it don't matter. And then he continued, also I surely remember this amazing text from John, First John 5 that deals with overcoming the world by being born of God. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. In, it gets very clear now, the blood repentance toward God in the salvation blood of Jesus baptism in water, being baptized, and the Spirit being baptized with the Holy Spirit. So for him, when he read that, it talked about being born by God. There it's three who bear witness. The blood, repentance toward God, forgiving Jesus, by Jesus' blood, and the water and the Spirit. So for him, it was like, whoa, this is amazing. And there was a guy who wrote this to me and sent this to me, I love this. Acts 2.38. Jesus died. He was buried and he rose up again. Died, repentance. Buried. We are buried with Christ. And rose up again, resurrection by the Holy Spirit. So this is what we see. There's so many pictures. We die, we get buried with Christ, and we arise up again as a new person with Christ by receiving the Holy Spirit. And there's so many pictures all over the Word of God, when the Holy Spirit starts to work in you and open your eyes. The book of Galatians, in Galatians, people use that to say, hey, we're not under the law, we are under grace. It's not law, it's faith in Jesus Christ. And this is what the word in Galatians is also about. And people have said to me, yeah, we don't need to get baptized, look, because it's, it's, this is a deed. We are saved by faith, not deeds. But if you go to Galatians, you can see that those things is also there. For example, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, this only I want to hear from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works? Of the law or by hearing of faith. So Paul is asking, do you receive the Holy Spirit by the law or by faith? He's using the Holy Spirit when he's talking about salvation. And the same word, do you receive the Holy Spirit? You see that in the book of Acts, chapter. 19 where he came to Ephesus and he asked the people there, Did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they said no, and he prayed for them. And what happened? They start to speak in tongues and prophesy. So receiving the Holy Spirit is what He He took here. Because it was normal part. So everybody, every time in the first church, when they wrote to the Christians, there and there and there, it was Christian who have repented, who have got baptized in water and who have got baptized with the Holy Spirit. If you continue in Galatians, you can read later um, chapter verse uh, 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ for as many of you as were baptized unto Jesus have put on Christ so he's talking to the church in Galatians. he's asking about when you received the holy spirit and then he said we are all sons of God through faith when you got baptized you What does the Bible say? When you got baptized, you put on Christ. But we have so misunderstood in the church today, what it's all about. That many people today don't live in the fullness of God. And many are deceived because of our traditions. And that's why we need to break out of those traditions. And again, one more wrote to me, that lovely teacher, I want to share this with my church, is that okay? And I want to say, you are allowed to share this teaching with everybody you want. Personally, I just wait to put on website, and because I want to have a few teaching ready before I get it out. But if you want to share it with people, you know you are allowed to do that. We need to get this out to people. Okay, do you have more questions about that? You can take that and I will take that later. In the next lesson I'm going to talk about repentance and then baptism water later and baptism with the Holy spirit and I want to do it more practical, I want to be as practical as I can. Right now I'm going to put this away and put something on this table and then I'm going to share, show you how I share the gospel because later I'm going to talk about Luke 10 what Jesus has commanded us to in Luke 10, go out, find a person in peace, go to their house, eat and drink what they are served, and share the gospel. And the best way for me to share the gospel is over a coffee table. To sit down with a coffee table and then I illustrate the gospel by the things that are on the table. And I believe this is so important because if we want truly to see people safe, it's not just share five minutes message and get them to prayer, prayer, prayer. You need to get show them what it's all about. So what I often do when I'm out on the street, when I find people who's open, I said, let's go to a cafe, let's go down, let's sit down so I can share the gospel with them. And then I do it the way I'm going to show you now. And afterward, they see it and they say, whoa, And then they repent, then I baptize them in water or lay the hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit and baptize them in water. And this is working because the Word of God is the truth. So now I'm going to put a table ready for you and I'm going to show you how I'm going to share the gospel. Yeah, now I'm sitting down here and I'm going to show you how I share the gospel. And I'm going to do it the way I often do it, at the same time I'm going to give you some good ideas and explain why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I want to say that we need to be better to help people to come into the fullness of Christ. Very often I go to people where in churches that just let things happen the way it happened. If God wants to baptize people in the Holy Spirit, it come one day. But it should not be like that, we should go out baptizing them, we should go out getting them to repent, we should go out help them to get baptized in water, baptize them, we should go out and help them until they receive the Holy Spirit. But very often we just let things happen the way it happened and think it's all up to God. But it's up to us, God has commanded us to do it. And often when I share the gospel, I use this example for non-Christian, and I can use it for a lot of things, but I use this example when I share the gospel to people. I say, imagine you and me are playing chess. If we are playing chess or not a game, then I move, and then it's your turn, and then it's my turn, and then it's your turn, and then it's my turn, I do this. If I now do this, and I know exactly what I want to do next time, I want to move this. Am I, am I allowed to do two moves in one time? No. But what if I really want? If I really want after I move this, if I really, really want to move this, and I'm, am I allowed to do it? No, because in a, chess, a game like chess, you have to wait until it's your turn. No matter how much I want to do it, I'm not allowed before you have moved and then I can do it. And then I have to wait for you. Also, if it takes a long time, I have to wait for you to move before I'm able to move. But this is not only in a game like chess and other games, it's like that. It's also in the real life. Because this is the same in the real life. We have sinned. God has sent his son Jesus to die for our sin. God has done everything he should do for his side. Now it's up to you, it's up to us. And God, he have done what he should and now it's up to us and he's waiting for you, for people to move. But the problem is that people are waiting for God, I've met so many people who said if God is real, he needs to come to me. If God is real, he needs to come and show me. And I said to everybody of them, God is real, but he has done everything he should for his play, uh, side. Now it's up to you to respond of it. You have sinned. God has sent his son Jesus to die from your sin. And he command you and people all over the world to repent. And then immediately you repent toward God he will save you. He will do it immediately because he's waiting for you. He wants you to move, 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 so I can forgive you. And immediately you move, he forgives you. Immediately you ba- get baptized, he set you free from sin. Immediately you get lay your hands on you, you receive the Holy Spirit. So we have to do it. But we in the church somehow wait for God and want God to do it, and many non-Christians is also like that. So when I share the gospel to people out on the street or inside a table like this, what I do out on the street, if I see people open, I often invite them into McDonalds, uh, McDonald's Burger King, uh, a cafe shop, something where I can sit down with them and share the gospel. And there I do like this, and I, I always start with this, with this plain chess, because I want them to know that it's totally up to them. And then I said, now I want to show you how you shall move, what you need to do, so God he can forgive you. So I want to share the gospel the way I often share the gospel. Imagine this is God, God creating man. To live with God, everything was good, they had fellowship, they were walking together. Everything was good at that time, you read in the book of, in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, there was no sin in the world, there was no sickness, there was no depression. And people, Adam and Eve, walked with God, they talked with God, they knew him. But God created a lot of trees in the garden, and there was the tree of life. And when you eat of that, you are going to live forever and you are not going to be sick. But there was also the tree of good and evil, knowledge of good and evil. Why do God create a tree in the garden you are not allowed to eat of? Because he said you are allowed to eat of all the trees in the garden, but not that tree. Because God wanted to be real. My wife says she loved me and I believe she loved me because she in her own free will have chosen to be together with me. If she just did it because she was created to do it or if she get a big check every month with a lot of money, she can look in my eyes and say, Tom, I love you and I don't do it for money. But when it comes to the first, I need the money. I cannot surely know that she do it out of love because he didn't have any choice. God wants to give people a choice. And people choose wrong. They eat of the tree of life. Sorry, they eat of the tree of good and evil. And because of that, sin came into the world. Sin came into man. Man sinned against God and he changed. Then God says, and you can read that in the chapter three. Oh, if he don't want man to rise up eat of the tree of life, because if they eat of the tree of life, they're going to live forever. And then we will always have problem with sin. So because he don't want people to eat of the tree of life, he threw them out of the garden and he put angels to keep them away from the tree of life. And because of that, people didn't have fellowship with God anymore. And people got kids, and they sinned, and they got kicks, and they sinned, and they started to kill each other. And now we are living in this world, where people are living in sin, far away from God, don't have fellowship with God. We are living in a falling world, where there is sin, there is death, there is sickness, there is depression, there is war. And this world today is so different from the world God created. And I have met many people. Also inside the church, we're like, oh, I have difficult believing God because of all the evil that happened out in the world. And I'm like, don't people read the Bible anymore? All the evil that's happened is the proof that the word is true. Because God is his saying it's like that. Because we are living in a falling world. And we are not created to die. God didn't create man to die, but death came into the world through sin, and when everybody has sinned, you are going to die. When you sin, you are going to die, because the nature of sin is death. And when you sin, you are going to die, and you don't want to die because there is something inside of us, because we are not created to die. This is the world we are living in right now. The problem, as I told is sin. But we don't see sin as a problem because we have a problem, we compare ourselves to each other. Because if you are standing here in a falling world, and you compare yourself to this person there, this person there, this person there, you will think that you are okay. You will not see you as a bad person, and you will not see sin as sin really are. Because you are comparing you. to a falling world. But if you compare yourself to God, and before sin came into the world, you will see how much you have fallen. And sin is much more than what we think it is. The Bible says you will not lie, and every liar is going to be thrown to hell. But we think, come on, lie is not so bad, because we put sin up in bad things and not so bad things and everything. But what we have to understand is not so much what we do is who we do it to, against. If I lie to my daughter, she cannot do me anything, she's just 8 years old. But what if you lie to your wife? What can then happen? People today in the world is getting divorced because of that. What if you have a job and you lie to your boss? You can get fired. We are talking about the same thing, you may not lie. if you lie to your daughter, nothing's going to happen. If you lie to a wife, you can get divorced or have a problem. If you lie to your, job, to your, sorry, to your um, boss, you can get fired. But what if you are in a court or lie to a judge? Then you can go to jail. Do you see that? You can go to jail because of a lie. If you do it to a judge. Because you more authority the person have you sinned against. Your stronger judgments is there going to be? My daughter, nothing going to happen. My wife problem, job you can get fired. A, a jo- a, a boss you can get fired. Judge in a court you can go to jail. Your more authority this person have, your stronger is the pun- t- punishment going to be. But what you and we need to understand that when we when we do sin, when you lie. When you do sin, you don't do it first or forward to a person. You go do it to God, who have given you a life, who has created you. And God, his authority is so much greater than any judge here on earth. And because he's so much bigger, the punishment is so much stronger. And he's holy. And God, this is why Jesus said, he said, you may not kill. And many think, oh, I'm not killing anybody, but Jesus... Go deeper, because it's not only what you do, it's only your, also your thought life. He said if you have hate in your heart, you're already a murderer. If you said idiot to somebody, you're going to go to hell, the Bible says. He also said you must not look with lust on a woman, because if you do that in your heart, you have always already done idolatry with her, the same way as you physical have done it. Have you looked on porn on the internet? Have you been... Looking with lust on women. I know men, everybody have done it. I know of girls, people have done it because we are living in this falling world. But this is still sin, and God sees the same as if you actually go out and have are unfaithful with somebody. Try so to imagine God is going to judge you out of his standard. Okay, let's get a Imagine that I told you that when you got born, there was put a chip in your mind and that chip has filmed every thought life, every deeds you have done from when you got born until today. And I have got those video clips. And I have put a video together, five minutes video with the things you have done. Not all the good things, because when you do something wrong and come to a judge in a court, The court, the judge in the court is not going to look at the good things. He don't care. He's just going to look at the crime. When God is going to look at your life, the crime in your life, what is going to happen? Imagine, I have that chip. I'm going to make a movie with you, five minutes, with all evil thoughts, deeds, with all the sin you have done. Unclean thoughts, unclean things. The f- things you have done where you have closed the door, closed the light and thought that nobody was seeing it. God is seeing everything. <laughs> so what if I took that five minutes video clip with your life and put it on the internet? Put it on your Facebook. <laughs> put it out so everybody you know could see it. But you will be so ashamed that you are not going to show you yourself any place again. I don't know what you would do by, with yourself. I don't know what I would do with myself it, it was my life who was putting out on the internet. We will be so ashamed. Also when we know that all the people around us are guilty, guilty the same way as you and me. So we here, if people truly know what was in us, we will be ashamed also if we know that everybody around us was guilty. But one day you are going to stand in front of a holy God who have never done those things you and me have done. And that day you are not going to say it's not my fault. You are not going to open your mouth and give the fault to anybody else. You will fall down on your face as dead you will know you are guilty, guilty, guilty. And God can throw every person to hell and still be a good God. Because the problem is not some, as some people say, how can a a God throw good people to hell? If he do that, God is evil. No. It's not God that's a problem. It's people. It's man. We have sinned. And we have fallen so long from the standard that we don't see it anymore because we compare ourselves to each other. But God is a good God, as a the same as a good judge is going to get take people who have done crime and put them to jail. God is going to punish sinners. And everybody has sinned. And if you deny that, you make God a liar. And if you are honest, you know you have sinned. So this is the problem today. Sin came to the world. If God won, he control throw the whole world to hell, and he will still be a good judge. He, he could throw everybody who have done sin to hell and be a good God. Because the problem is, you have sinned. But God, he don't want us, he loved us, so he sinned, he loved us, so he sinned his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus was born by God, the son of God, he is God. He lived a life here, without ever sinning. He didn't steal. He didn't lie. He kept God's commandment. He did everything God commanded him to. He never sinned. He walked with God, like Adam, before sin came to the world. And he lived a perfect life. When he was 13 years old, he got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And from that day on, he started to walk around, and say the kingdom of God is near. He was preaching the good news, and he was healing everybody who was sick and bound by the Satan, because God was with him. And he walked here and did miracles. He died on a cross, but because he have never lied like you and me, never like you, stolen like you and me, never done the things we have done, then he rose up again. When he got buried, he rose up again. And he came to his disciples, talked to them about the kingdom, and went to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit down here. This is what Jesus did. And now we need to believe in him, and we need to do the things the Bible said. Repent from our sins, get baptized in water, and receive the Holy Spirit. So what is a disciple? What is a Christian? Is somebody who recognized their sin? I have sinned against God. And they repent toward God and believe in Jesus. And when you do that, God is going to remove the stone heart and give you a new heart. The new life is going to come inside of you. But you need to bury the old body. The body is dead. The spirit is alive. So you need to bury the body. How do you do that? You do that by getting baptized in water. And this is so important. Like in countries where there is... uh, uh, many people die because of tsunami or earthquake and other things. They start, they very fast bury the dead people. Because if a dead person is not getting buried, the body is going to rotten, And that body is going to create sickness and it's going to kill the life that is. So it's so important that the life inside of you is not going to get killed, that you bury the old body. And you do that by dying with Christ and you are coming up again, and then you receive in the Holy Spirit. And see, this is the same Holy Spirit that is in Christ. You don't receive a small Holy Spirit and he have a big Holy Spirit. No, the same Holy Spirit. And now you are walking here on earth in Christ's place, free from sin, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and going around and preaching the good news and healing the sick, the same way as Jesus did it. And when people believe your word about Jesus, then they repent toward God from their sin. They get baptized through Jesus Christ and then they receive the Holy Spirit and start to walk here on earth in Christ's place. So this is what you need to do to get saved. You have to repent from your sin, you have to get baptized in water, and you have to receive the Holy Spirit. And then if you continue in Christ, one day, the Bible says, in the last chapter of the Bible, you're going to stand, put up your hand, and eat of the tree of life in the New Jerusalem. And this is what it's all about. It's all about the tree of life. Sin came into the world so people were thrown out of the garden, so they could not eat of the tree of life. And sin was the problem. Then God started to, he, he, he tried to create a new heaven, a new earth with the flood, with Noah. But, and put Noah, uh, and Noah and his family in it. But the problem was that sin was in them. They have sinned, so this time instead of starting creating a new earth, he's starting to create a new man, a new woman, and out of that he's later going to create a new earth. And when you are new in Christ, you are walking here, he's working in your life with sin cleansing you, and we try to look like Jesus, but one day, when we step over the last step, We're going to look exactly like him. And there we're going to take out the hand and eat of the tree of life and live forever. So do I believe in one safe, always safe? Yes, but we are first one safe, really safe, when we are there, take the hand and eat of the tree of life you read about in the last chapter in the Bible. Who is the tree of life? <laughs> the tree of life is Jesus. Jesus is the tree of life, we can eat of him now, we can be part of him now. And when we have the Holy Spirit, we have the, we have the guarantee of our salvation. And we continue walking in him by the Holy Spirit and one day we are going to stand in front of him. This is how I share the gospel, something like that. And then when I have shared the gospel, I said to people, you have to repent and then I take them hand and I pray for them and if they from their heart repent toward God, the Holy Spirit is going to touch them and fill them up and, and then say let's pray for the Baptists and the Holy Spirit, I pray one more time oh, chill up the day, and they get baptized with the Holy Spirit to start, and start to speak in tongues and then I go out and baptize them in water and then I kickstart them the same day. I have done this many, many times. And I believe we need to share the gospel so people understand what they need to do. And you cannot do that five minutes just out on the street. You have to take time with people and do it. Maybe a half hour, maybe 20 minutes. But share the gospel and then pray for them. Get them baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then take them out, find some water, get them baptized by water, in water to Jesus Christ. And then start to disciple them. This is what Jesus has commanded us: go out, baptizing people in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then teach them to obey everything I have commanded. And He is with us to the end of the world. And one day we are going to see Him as He is. When we are going to come out of this body, we are going to see Him as He is. This is how I share the gospel. Are you not saved? Have you not? Have you only started to get saved by repenting? you need to get baptized in water. Have you not received the Holy Spirit? You need to go and get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Find somebody who have it, who can pray for you or see God pray. Because God said, if you pray, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit. This is a promise. So this is the teaser I'm going to share this time. If you have Christian, Come with the Christian, because next time I'm going to talk about repentance and sin, and then I'm going to talk about baptism water, and then I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And then we are going to continue talking about Luke 10, and I look so much forward, because all of this teaching is just the beginning I'm continue building on when we come to Luke 10, where I'm going to show you the vision Jesus has given us as the body of Christ, and how we are going to help him build his church. But God bless you with this teaching, and I hope that this is going to be a blessing for you, and um, see the teaching again and again, show it, sit at home, practice how you share the gospel, so when you are standing in front of somebody, you know how to do it. God bless you.